So uh, today we are starting a new teaching series from Hebrews chapter 11. And we are going to camp out for about the next seven weeks in this one chapter of Scripture because there's really that much in it. <laughs> uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is kind of like the New York style cheesecake of Scripture. <laughs> I mean, it is so dense. And, uh, and, and, and it surveys the entire um, scope of the Old Testament narrative in chronological order. Uh, and what it does is it, it takes us back to the stories of of the main characters, or at least many of them. And, and they're all stories of faith. See, reading through this, this chapter is kind of like walking through a hall of fame, not a football, but of faith. And, and so let me ask you uh, a question. What, what part does faith play in your life? Maybe you're not yet a person of faith. Maybe you wonder if faith is something that you really even need. Maybe you feel like, you know, I've made it this far in life without faith. Not sure I need to start now. And I hope that this series will maybe be intriguing to you as you hear these stories and, and you think and consider how perhaps those stories intersect with your own story and what new possibilities it could open up for you. The scriptures tell us that our salvation depends on faith. Uh, the, the, the main theme of scripture is, is that we are saved by God's grace through faith, through trusting God, through, through trusting in the gift that God has, has given us. And, and I think that a lot of times our concept of salvation is, is sometimes limited to where we will go when we die. And, uh, and we think about it that way, and that's certainly a big part of it. But, but, but salvation, according to the scriptures, is, is so much more than the afterlife. It's, it's not limited to the afterlife. In fact, the message of scripture is that faith is the master key to life. In fact, it says things like the, the righteous will live by faith. And so faith is to, to spiritual life what oxygen is to physical life. And this is an important topic in the flow of the book of Hebrews because the writer has been trying to persuade these Jewish Christians who were finding their new life as followers of Jesus to be surprisingly difficult. Because it was hard enough being a Jew in a pagan empire but there really wasn't a social niche for followers of Jesus. And so they were feeling the weight of, of these social pressures to get them to jettison their faith in Jesus and to just kind of go back to being members in good standing of the Jewish community. You know, following the law of Moses and, and the traditions of the rabbis. And so the writer takes his readers back on this little journey through time through the stories of, uh, that, that they had grown up with. I mean, these are stories that they, they had heard countless times, but it goes back to those stories of these men and women who actually had formed the story of ancient Israel. And he does that to remind them what faith has always looked like. Okay? Faith has always been countercultural. 
Faith has always required a willingness to trust God even when we don't understand. Faith is, has always been that, that thing that, that gives people the strength to persevere in their quest to lay hold of God's promises. And see, I, I think that those qualities of faith are, are things that we all need today to, to face the challenges that we face and the social pressures that we face so that we can persevere in our own quest to, to, to know God, to walk with God, and, and to lay hold of his promises for us. And so that is why this series. See, faith, though, is, is one of those words that is sometimes a little nebulous, sometimes a little hard to define. I, and so what does it really mean to have faith? Um, the reason that this series is called Beyond Belief is partly because faith is more than just the acceptance that there's some sort of supreme being. You know, that, that, that there's a, maybe that there's a God out there somewhere. It's more than a belief even in certain theological propositions. See, the lives of the people that are highlighted in Hebrews chapter 11 show us that, that faith is something that is beyond mere belief. But also, just, just the very nature of faith, just the, the, the things that faith calls for from us, by its very nature, requires us to, to, to really sometimes question long-held beliefs that we have had in our lives, commonly held beliefs that we have about life and reality and, and just kind of the way the world works. And, and faith challenges many of those beliefs and, and it invites us into a new story, the story of God and humanity. And it's only within the context of that story that we are able to actually then grasp the life and the future that God wants for us. So today, I just want to, to lay the foundation of the chapter and of this series with just the first three verses of the chapter. So if you're there, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So faith at its very essence is a particular kind of vision. So I've entitled today's message, Seers of the Unseen. And I know that a lot of you have pets. Raise your hand if you're a pet owner out there. We've got some pet owners, right? Yeah, I see some of you. Um, Michelle and I have a dog and a cat. And um, our family has pretty much always had one or the other or both. And um, I, I, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where, where you suddenly notice that your pet, your dog, or your cat just seems to be staring at something. Like they're mesmerized and, and like they are totally dialed in, laser focused on something in the room that you're in. And you can't see it. Anybody have that experience? Like you're, you're looking around, you're like, what are you looking at? But, but, but if you have a dog, like, like I do, maybe your dog is excitedly barking at something. 
and, and, and you can't figure out what it is. You're looking and you can't see what it is they're looking at. And you start to wonder, you know, is there a ghost in the room? Is there a spirit in the room? Well, see, I, I, <laughs> I think that's got to be kind of what it's like to be a person without faith sharing space with a person of faith. See, because the person without faith, you know, is going to be like, what? What is it you're seeing? Well, because the person of faith is going to be aware of, dialed into realities that are unseen to the person without faith. And, and that person without faith is probably wondering if those things are even really there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 again says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, right? And, and so that's his working definition of faith. It is a confidence in what we hope for. It is an assurance of what we can't see. That's not easy, is it? It's not easy to believe in a God that we can't see or touch. Although I would argue it's even harder not to. But, but it is hard to believe many of the things that we read about in Scripture you know, that are beyond our experience. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to sometimes believe that a sea was parted overnight or, or that the sun stood still or that a man born blind could suddenly see that a virgin could conceive, or, or that a man three days dead and buried could walk out of his tomb. Because we know that those things don't normally happen, right? We, we know, in fact, that those things are impossible outside of something supernatural happening, right? And, and so, you know, I, I get Ed Sheeran's struggle in his hit song, Perfect, when he said, I have faith in what I see, Remember that line? I have faith in what I see. Well, you know, I get the struggle, but the ironic thing about it is that that's a song about love. And, and see, love is something that you can't see. <laughs> I mean, you, you can only see someone's actions or, or hear their words that seem to demonstrate that love exists for you somewhere deep in the recesses of that person's heart. But, you know, it could be a ruse, right? It could be an elaborate manipulation. It's, at the end of the day, you know, believing that someone loves you is always a matter of faith. Faith in something you cannot see. And yet, while love is something we cannot see, it's one of the greatest realities in the human experience, right? So here's the thing. Faith opens your eyes to invisible realities. Faith opens your eyes to invisible realities. People say seeing is believing, right? But when we come to open ourselves up to faith, we discover that believing is seeing. Theologian Neil Lightfoot Put it this way, he said, faith is the full assurance and inner conviction that gives men the power to stake their lives on unseen realities. In other words, there are unseen realities that are pressing in on us and they're pressing in on our lives, they're pressing in on our world that are unseen. 
but they are just as real as those things that we can see. And those, those things, those realities will have their leverage on us. It's just a matter of whether or not we recognize them or not. See, faith is that thing that opens up your eyes to those realities and allows us to actually live our lives, not only with an awareness of those realities, but with the ability to utilize them, to actually move in concert with them instead of hopelessly ignoring them or, or opposing them. A, a person without faith lives in a very small world indeed, where, where the possibilities are incredibly limited. Erwin McManus, who's, who's one of my favorite pastors and authors, he said this, he said, your soul knows there is more than just the visible. And when you are trapped inside the visible, it's as though you are trapped inside a container suffocating your soul. See, sometimes your soul knows what your brain struggles to believe. And, you know, Jesus' disciples, for example, they were not particularly inclined to believe that he rose from the dead, even though he had foretold it several times. It took him showing up, you know, where they were and bringing the, the, the wounds in, in his hands and feet out into the open so that they could see them. It, it took him sitting down and eating a meal with them to convince them that he wasn't just a ghost. And even the testimony of those disciples who were there that day to witness it wasn't enough to convince Thomas, who wasn't there that day who had apparently given up all hope and gone home. And, and so even when they told Thomas what they had seen, these are friends, these are people he knew, these are people he trusted. And when they all told him, this is what we saw, he still said, unless I see him for myself, unless I put my own finger in the, the wounds in his hands and feet, I, I will never believe that. And so Jesus showed up again the next week. And Thomas got to see for himself the risen Christ. And Jesus said to him in John 20, verse 29, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, now what, what is Jesus getting at there? I mean, why do you think Jesus would make Thomas feel bad for needing to see him with his own eyes to believe that he had risen from the dead. I mean, that's not exactly an easy thing to believe. But see, Jesus doesn't want us to be trapped inside the visible. See, if you are trapped inside the visible thinking that that's all that exists, then, then you will live your life thinking that the only resources you have are what you can see and feel and hold in your hand. But a person that's able to see the invisible realities that lie behind the visible is a, is a person who is blessed, Jesus says. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Why? Because faith opens up your eyes to the exponentially bigger reality that is God. And all of the 
infinite possibilities that come with him. Now, back to our main text, the the writer of Hebrews goes on in verse 3 to say, by faith we understand that the universe, literally it's the eons, so the, the, the whole fabric of time, space, was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was, what? What was visible. What was seen was not made out of what was visible. See, when you look at this amazing world that we live in, when you see pictures of galaxies that are far beyond our own, where do you think it all came from? The science of origins tells us that as it's working out of a presupposition that all that exists is what is visible, material, tangible, that, that all of this came from the collision of, of particles um, that were inside this very small but, but dense electromagnetic cloud. In, in, in other words, that matter is somehow eternal with no explanation as to where it came from. That what is seen came from the seen. But faith tells us that it's not matter that's eternal. It is spirit. That it is an intelligent, infinite being who is spirit, who we call God. And that he spoke, he commanded. And what we now see, what is now visible, came out of nothing. That the seen came from the unseen. And believing that gives you a a completely different framework with which to to understand not only the, the reality of our existence, but to understand the why of our existence, to understand the purpose of our existence. So so faith opens your eyes to to the wonderful reality that we are not the result of some ridiculously unlikely cosmic accident, but that we are here for a purpose. We're here with purpose. And if we understand that we began with purpose, then we also believe the word of God about where that purpose is ultimately taking us. And that's why the writer of Hebrews describes faith in terms of hope, right? He says again in verse one, now faith is what? It's confidence. Confidence in what? In what we hope for, right? Confidence in what we hope for. Now the word confidence in that verse, in verse one, The original word that it's translated from is hypostasis, which literally means something that stands beneath and supports whatever is resting on it. Okay? So, in other words, faith gives hope legs to stand on. That's what he's saying. Now, now some of you are out there are hoping to be married someday, right? Some of you um, are single and and you're thinking, man, I I hope someday I find the right person, I get married. And and, and while that may be, you know, likely to happen, it is nevertheless at now, at least at present, right? At least now it is a wish. It's, It's something you're hoping for, which may or may not actually happen. But when you have a word from God about something... Like, like, for example, when God has said that the day is coming when you will be forever with him, 
enveloped in, in the purest love, when, when you will be face to face with him and, and he will fulfill you in a way that no human being ever could, you can have a confident assurance about that because you have a word from God about it. And so, you know, while the fullest experience of that is not yet, it is yet future in your heart because of faith, it is just as real. It is just as certain as if it were now. See, faith opens your eyes to invisible realities. And because of that, faith makes hope for the future as certain as the present. That's a a wonderful thing. And I I don't know if if you have that kind of hope in your life. But if if you have that kind of confident hope about what the future ultimately holds for you, it completely alters the way that you navigate the present. See, because we all have struggles, don't we? We all have heartaches. We all have times that we feel stuck, times that we feel discouraged. But we don't all have hope because we don't all have faith. And and any hope that exists outside of faith is is a very inferior grade of hope. But faith, on the other hand, connects you to the future so that you know for certain that you have a place in it. And not only that, but it also connects you to the past. He says in verse 2 that this faith is what the, what? The ancients were commended for. Don't you like that word? The ancients. Some of you in this room may feel ancient, but I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm starting to feel more ancient. But, but it's funny how, like, you know, each new generation, including my own, you know, always wants to dismiss the, the paradigms of past generations as being antiquated, right? Out of date, irrelevant. But, but while, of course, there, there are ideas and there, there are worldviews from the past that need to be discarded, just because something is ancient doesn't mean it's wrong, doesn't mean it's misguided, doesn't mean that it is irrelevant, doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's ignorant, See, the ancients knew some things that we desperately need to know. The ancients experienced some things that that we still, today, with all of our advances, long to experience, right? And so the men and women that he is about to mention from so long ago in ages past, they lived out their God-given purpose. And, and they, were, they were God's partners in forging a future in which Jesus, the Savior, would come into the world and activate God's plan of salvation and, and unalterably move us towards the ultimate destination that God has planned for us. And what God commended these ancients for was the fact that their faith opened their eyes to see him in a way that shaped the way that they lived their lives. They lived their lives with this deep inner conviction that their hopes for the future would become reality because they had a word from God and they trusted that word because they trusted him. That's why they were commended 
by God. So what would it be like um, to live your life with a confident hope, with a complete confidence that, that your future is going to be amazing? Like, what would it be like just to know in your heart with confidence what your ultimate future holds? So you may not know what next year holds. You may not know what next week holds. You may not know what tomorrow holds. I don't think any of us do. But you can know for certain what your long-term future holds. You can know for certain what life after death holds. You can know for certain what eternity holds. That is the kind of hope that faith will give you. See, you and I can be the ancients of the present, right? We can be linked to these remarkable men and women by our faith, by our ability to see the unseen, by our confident hope in the future, by, by the kind of life that our faith motivates us to live. See, I don't know what your specific hopes are for the future. I don't know what dreams that some of you are dreaming. I don't know what plans some of you are thinking about instigating in your lives. But, but whatever you're dreaming about, whatever you're hoping for, do you have faith that God has a desired future for you? Do you believe that? As he said in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do you believe that? Have you spent the needed time getting alone with God, getting still with God, getting quiet with God and spending enough of a period of time with God, maybe several times, to, to get an affirmation in your soul about the direction that God is pointing you in your life right now. See, I think a, a very practical next step for today is, is this. Ask God to give you the faith to see a future that is not yet visible. So ask God for that kind of faith. What is it and what would it be like for you to move forward in your life with, with the confidence that comes from having a word from God about the future that he is inviting you to help create? What, what, what do you need to believe God about today? What is it you're struggling to believe God about? Think about that. What do, you, what do you need to ask God to do in your heart in order to have that kind of faith? See, this is something that, that you can do even right now, even today. You can ask God for the faith to see what you cannot see. You can ask God to help you see the person that you hope to become. You, you can help God to, to ask you to see the culmination of all of his plans for you and for his world. You can ask him to help you to become a seer of the unseen.